just throwing that out there. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Welcome. Hard to believe that this week, I mean, we're celebrating Christmas. It's here. Um, how many of you still have Christmas shopping to do? How many of you have not done any Christmas shopping yet? Oh, man. We're in big trouble, aren't we? I'm not even, I'm not saying a word. Um, let's just say I'm thankful for older, older kids. Um, they're a pain in the butt when they're young. You know, is that the truth? And then they get older to actually start being a help. And so I have a, a daughter who's awesome. And I say, here's the card. You know what mom wants. Go find it, you know. <laughs> Order it, get it, because I always mess it up. And so, uh, and then, and, and the thing is, you know what I love? I'm just as shocked when my wife opens it. Like, I did amazing. I love it. You know, it's just like we both get to be shocked at what I get my wife for Christmas. And don't judge me, okay? Don't judge. Just don't judge. Just don't do it, all right? So uh, that's why we're still married after 25 years, because I have older kids who help me, all right? Um, But let's go to Luke 2. I already know. Some of you are saying, oh, here we go, Pastor Joe, it's a Christmas sermon. How many of you already know the Christmas story? Yep, you've heard the Christmas story, but it shouldn't get old, right? But at the same time, let's be honest, Christmas and Easter, usually it's, you know, we already know where this is going, right? But I do want to look at the Christmas story, but maybe just a little bit different perspective and maybe a little bit different thought. And so in Luke chapter 2, if you would just follow along, we'll read 1 through 19, very familiar passage, Um, and we won't look at it, but in the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, he tells us a little bit about the the birth of our Savior as well, and kind of things leading up to it. But this will be a little bit different, so bear with me. It says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world, which meant to be taxed, okay? Everyone was going to be counted so they could be taxed. So it was basically the purpose was to tax everyone. So notice what happened. Uh, this was first uh, the first census that took place while uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in in clothes. Uh, We call them, uh, you know, strips of cloth. These were rags, basically. They were poor. They didn't have much. They placed him, notice, in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest uh, heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, 
which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. Notice that phrase. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things. She pondered them in her heart. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you have blessed this amazing passage of Scripture. Lord, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Christmas time, may we not be distracted by just how commercialized Christmas has become. It is sad, but we live in a world that has forgotten the true meaning of Christmas. Um, I pray that, Lord, we would just take a few moments to look at uh, the first Christmas story, Lord, the original Christmas story, the birth of our Savior. And, Lord, I pray that we would realize that, that it was many times, uh, you know, very different. It's very different than what oftentimes we even consider and what we think. Uh, we forget that these people that uh, you use in a great way, like Mary and Joseph, that they were just normal people like us, and they had the struggles that we have, and they've, you know, had to, to deal with a lot of stress. And that this birth uh, and this, this coming of the Messiah that, that you entrusted them with, that, man, it, it brought a lot upon them. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just bless as we look at your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, you all know the Christmas story, right? Um, and you know a little bit about it. I mean, if you've at least, you know, grown up, some of you have grown up in church, some of you not in church, but at least you know a little bit about, you know, because of the Christmas carols and the, and the stories that are put the song, you know a little bit about the birth of Jesus. But what I want to do is I, I kind of want to have you see it from a different perspective. And when we think about Mary and Joseph and we think about their life, you know, we forget that these people were normal people that they had life and that they were living life just like you and I live life and that they, we're going to find here, this was a struggle for them, okay? And I want to just talk a little bit this morning when we think about the Christmas story, we're going to look at it a little bit differently, but I want to talk on this subject for a little bit, when God messes up your plans. When God messes up your plans. I don't know about you, but one of the most frustrating things is when you have a plan and you have something kind of planned out and then something or someone or something happens and it alters your plan. Do you ever have that? Ever experience that? I mean, you have it all planned out. It happens to me all the time. You know, I'll even be like, you know, oh, I've got like this Friday evening off. And when I when I get home, you know, we're going to do like a family night. We're going to have like pizza and we're going to watch a movie and some, you know, and then I get home and one of the kids is like, you know, and this happened in the past. One of the kids is sick and uh, or something happens and the whole evening is just shot. You ever ever been there, done that? You know, I remember my son and I years ago, we had this whole, we were planning to go watch the St. Louis Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals play baseball, okay? And we were getting ready to go watch the Cardinals. We had some really good friends and we had bought tickets like a month in advance and we we're going to meet them. They lived in Illinois and we were going to meet them at the game. And so on our, you know, we're like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to get there early. We're going to hang out and then we're going to go. We're going to watch the game. We're going to watch the whole game together. So on our way, we stopped off at a Subway for a few minutes, grabbed a sandwich. By the way, Subway is, is God's food. Amen? Amen. Just got to mention, it's right up there with jerky and Mike and Ike's. It's all food that's heavenly food. Amen? Uh, and so we were going to get Subway. 
uh, we were going to eat fresh. You know what I'm saying? And so we got some Subway. We're going to eat fresh. And here we go. You know, we should have went to Jimmy John's because it was freaky fast. But anyway, it took him a long time. I remember just sitting there and sitting there like, you've got to be kidding me. How long did it take? I could hear the chickens in the back, you know, like, because I wanted a chicken. They were killing them back there. Took forever. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know. So we, we, we finally stop and we start to come back onto the highway on, on Highway 70. And 70 is basically like a parking lot. It is shut down. But once you got on it, you're just stuck there. And we got on the highway, and I'm just sitting there. And, I, and Josiah, where are you at? You're here somewhere? Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I was, I was using some Christian curse words. You know what I'm saying? There might have been a few not so Christian, but I'm just sitting there. You've got to be fucking And we're both just like, oh. And I'm like, what in the world? And it, I'm not, listen, we, we sat there forever. Then we finally get through it. And I will say, it's pot, I do believe this, that God protected us. Because it was a terrible, terrible car accident. I mean, you could just, I mean, the highway was shut down, terrible car accident. And we did get through. I remember we were listening to the game. We're listening to the game. And it's the fourth inning, and we're not even there yet. And Albert Pujols jacked the home run. And he was like, my guy. He was my man. I mean, Albert and I are like this. I had the jersey, you know. And I was like, I wanted this. And he hit a home run. And then when we got there, our, our friends were oh, you missed it. And I'm like, just shut up. Don't say a word, man. We didn't. By the time we got in this game, it's almost like the fifth inning. I mean, and no one else barely got a hit. And it was pretty much a boring game. You want to know something? I was ticked. I was bitter. I had these plans, and that's what I wanted. But have you ever experienced that you have plans in something or someone or somehow something just completely interferes with it? Can I just tell you something? That Mary and Joseph, they had plans. They had their own plans. They had, their, if you will, their life planned out. They're engaged to be married. And in the Bible culture, in the days in the Middle Eastern culture, back in that day, they were basically already married, but they were waiting to come together until Joseph could build a home. And so picture Joseph building this house, getting everything ready, making sure everything's right. They basically kind of already, uh, if you will, said their vows, and they're just waiting for the moment when they're going to come together and start this family. And then all of a sudden, Mary shows up to Joseph one day and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And Joseph goes, you, you're what? Say what? By the way, in the Hebrew, it was, in the Greek, it's like, say what? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. You're pregnant. And he's thinking to himself, explain this one, babe. Explain this one. And then she says, it was the Spirit of God, and I'm carrying the Messiah. And he's like, you expect me to believe that? And he had trouble with it. Are you with me? And he says, yeah, right. And then she, God sends the angel to tell Joseph. And now listen to me. And then Joseph says, well, we're going to go in hiding. You guys getting this? See, this is the stuff that we don't talk about. It's not, it's not cute. It's not pretty. It's not the cute little, and I'm trying to, not trying to be mean. I know we sing all the songs. But listen, we, we have that, somehow we have 
Mary and Joseph, in the story of Mary and Joseph, that is cute and pretty. And, and oh, when they're out there, it was just the perfect weather and the stars. And it was so gorgeous as Jesus is laying in a horse trough with manure and donkeys and cows and chickens and, you know, and poop everywhere, you know, and it just stinks. Come on now. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Is that where you want your baby to be born? You know what I'm saying? And we have this, it's, oh, it's so cute. And, oh, oh, it's so nice. Sorry, I'm being so sarcastic. That's not the way it was. Can I just be really blunt? It sucked. Are you with me? It was terrible. The conditions. What Mary and Joseph have to go through, he's going to hide his wife to be married. Why? Because of the ridicule. Because who's going to believe this story that, that she got pregnant before they came together, before they're really husband and wife? So he's going to hide her. You see, they had their plans, but God messed up their plans. Are you with me? Now it's going to be inconvenient. There's a number of phases to this. It starts with this engagement and the wedding plans and them coming together and starting a family. And then the angel comes and he announces God's plan, God's will. And it, it completely alters their plans. And then it doesn't stop there. Then all of a sudden, in order for God's will to be performed, for God's plan to, to, to be enacted... The baby has to be born in Bethlehem because Micah prophesied over a thousand, you know, a thousand years before that the, the babe, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. So how is God going to get them nearly a hundred miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Sure. What he does is he says, we're going to make sure that there's a census. And so now the Bible says that Mary's great with child, meaning she's like ready to be and all of a sudden, the Roman government says, hey, you have to show up to your hometown in order for you to be able to register so you can pay your taxes. And you know what they were probably thinking? This wasn't good timing. And so now they have to make a journey. And I'm going to tell you, it took them a lot longer. Because when a woman's pregnant, you have to pull over to go to the bathroom all the time. I've done it. When my wife was pregnant, it's like every 15 minutes, I got to go. I'm like, you got to stop. She's like, the baby's pushing down. You know what I'm saying? I got to go. And you know that, you know, they had to make this journey and they had to go nearly 100 miles through rough terrain. And so they're traveling and, and Mary's like, can you pull over? I got to go. And Joseph's like, can't you hold it till the next truck stop? And he didn't know, you know, and so they have to keep going and keep going. And so they finally do get there. And notice when they do get there, there's no place for them. And man, I'm going to just throw something out there because I, I really believe this, my spirit. And, and you may not agree with this and you don't have to. When you're preaching it, you can preach it your way. But when I'm teaching, I'm going to teach it my way. OK, because listen, they're going back to Bethlehem. Why? Because that's their what? Hometown. That's where their family's from. Let me ask you something. One, there's no room for them in, in the inn, which was basically a, a place where travelers could stay. It's packed. There's no room. Do not miss this. I promise you this. Mary and Joseph had family in that town. That's where they're from. 
Why could they not stay with their family? Hmm? Exactly. The ridicule, the judgment, people looking at them, shunning them, treating them differently because you guys, you know, you did something wrong. The only people they had close by, do you remember Elizabeth, which was the older cousin, but they were in Jerusalem. Now, Elizabeth knew what was going on because she was old and she gave birth just six months you know, before Jesus' birth to John the Baptist. But in Bethlehem, no one made room for them. And I think that we could argue that they had family. That's where they were from. But because of the circumstances, they're being treated differently. They're being, do you understand? Their plans were getting all messed And then after they're there in Bethlehem for a while, we'll look at it next week, but then we realize that Herod wants to have baby Jesus killed. And so what does Mary and Joseph have to do? They're kind of getting settled. They got their own place. Life is good. They have to do what? They have to pack up and leave in the middle of the night and run for their lives as refugees and run from the Roman government to do what? To go into hiding in Egypt. Are you with me? Remember the story? So when God messes up your plans, the first thing I want you to understand is that God's plans are not always our plans. I have lots of plans, but they're not always God's plan. You guys got that? <laughs> God's plan is greater than our plans. Listen to these words of Isaiah. He says this. And in Isaiah, he says, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now listen, sometimes it stinks when our plans get messed up. And sometimes we don't like it when God messes with our plans. But can I tell you something? That God's plans are much greater than our plans. Because God is seeing things from a great bigger perspective. You know, the day that I was angry and upset and ticked off. And, you know, speaking in a foreign language, you know, in the, in the interstate because they took too long to make my sandwich may have been that God was allowing me to get to the fifth inning because he wanted me to stay alive. That it might have been me that was in that car accident. And because it took them a little too long to make my sandwich and my plans were messed up, that it was possibly God protecting me and watching over me and my son. And saying, I'm going to make sure that it takes longer so you don't get to where you want to go at the time you want to get there. Because if you do, bad things are going to happen. Are you with me this morning? You see, there is a God in heaven who loves you and cares about you. There is a God in heaven who has his plans for your life. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says it like this. I love this. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. For you. God has a purpose and a plan for you. You are not an accident. Do not believe the lies of this world that somehow that you evolved some, from some pre-mortal soup somewhere. Guys, listen, that is a bunch of junk. 
There is a God who created you. There is a God who created all these things. Drive around. Look at the beauty. Look at, look at this. You can't just say that this is by accident. That, listen to me, it takes more faith to believe that somehow something came from nothing. Are you with me? It takes a whole lot more faith to believe that junk than it does to say there is something out there. I know what that something is. That's God, okay? I know that he is real. I know he exists. He created all of this. And that God loves you. That God, he says, I have a purpose and a plan for you. I love that. He says, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Do you see this? And to not harm you. Listen to these words. Plans to give you hope in a future. Boy, I can tell you this world is filled with people of no hope. No hope. They don't realize that God has a purpose, that God has a plan, that God is instrumental in their life, and that we are not an accident, and that God does have a purpose and a plan for you, and it's not to harm you. Are you with me this morning? You have a purpose. You have a plan and God cares about you. And you, you listen to me, this stuff is real. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be up here doing this. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't live my life this way because I know it to be true that there is a God. How could you deny that there is a divine being that put all of this into place? You know, I have this, this cell phone down here, and this thing's pretty cool. See this? This thing's pretty cool. But you don't want to know something? The one day I woke up and I was laying in my bed and all of a sudden I was laying there, bam, it just appeared. It was just there. It was unreal. It just happened. Just one day, bang! There it was. You know, we have this stuff called the bang theory. And bang, there it was. Makes absolutely no sense, guys. Bless me. It takes more faith to believe that. Bang, and there it was. If I said to you, bang, it just one time, and if I said to you, hey, you wouldn't believe it. Well, I went out and lit a firecracker and bang, it blew up and this thing appeared right there. Just, and it's amazing. This thing is amazing. I mean, it has dates and times and calendars. You can plan your life. You, I mean, what's really crazy is I don't even really use the phone part. I use everything else. It's supposed to be a phone. Barely even use that. Am I right? I actually forget it as a phone. But if I said to you that this thing's amazing, it keeps time and seconds and dates and you could put, you'd say no. The, the point is, is someone with some intelligence was able to design this and put this together and someone manufactured it and built it. To say that all of this universe and creation and all of these things, that somehow they happen by accident, that bang. You know, usually when things bang, usually that means destruction, not creation. Are you with me? And I'll just throw this one out there for you. For all the people who like science and stuff. The whole bang theory is impossible because what they've now find is there are planets and different things. There are some that rotate one way and some that rotate the other. If there was a bang, they would all be rotating the same way. So it already, there's too many flaws in the theory of evolution. No, there's a God who creates you and created you and you have a purpose and a plan. And God, he is at work in your life. Would you say amen there? He says, then you will call on me. He says, you come to this reality, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God hears your prayers. You can talk to God. 
and God will talk to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You see, God had a purpose and a plan for Mary and Joseph. And this purpose and plan and the plan for their life was to be the earthly parents of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would completely alter the world. A few quick thoughts about this plan that God had for them. I see the assignment of God's plan. You know, we have our plans. Mary and Joseph, they had their plans, but then there was God's plan. God's plan did not add up and did not match with what maybe Mary and Joseph originally intended. But God assigned this plan to their life, this will for their life. He did not ask them for permission. He did not ask them for their opinion. He simply assigned them his purpose and plan for their life. Now, let me say this. That God is not in the habit of asking our opinion. Okay? But may I say this? Although God assigns a purpose and a plan to our lives, we do, we do have the ability to choose whether or not to accept it or not. Do you remember the story of Jonah? The whole book of Jonah is about a guy who said, I don't want to do what God's plan is for my life. And he ran from God. And you see how that, that played out. It ended up in a whale of a tail. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was not good. And so you can either, you know, submit to God's purpose and plan for your life or you can try to run from it, but it won't be pretty. And so we have this, the assignment of God's plan. I want you to notice for Mary and Joseph, the awkwardness of his plan. And that is this, is that carrying out God's plan and will for our lives is not always going to be convenient. It's not always going to be easy. There was ridicule. Okay, there was persecution that they had to deal with. They had to deal with literally being inconvenienced. A lot of their life was altered. A lot of their plans were altered. But can I ask something? Do you think now? Do you think now when they're up in heaven? Do you think now? Do you really think they regret it? No. They had the joy of holding Jesus and raising Jesus. You see, there was the awkwardness of God's plan. They had to change their own plans. They had to to be inconvenienced. They had to be obedient to what God wanted them to do. It was a challenge. Please let me emphasize this because I I, I got kind of, I'm sorry about this, but I'm kind of, it kind of bothers me that everyone kind of just thinks that these people in the Bible, that they weren't human. And that they don't feel the same things that we feel. I'm going to tell you. Let's just be honest. Don't you think that Mary and Joseph, there are times they're like, this stinks. Are you with me? We got to, you know, we, our family's going to shun us because we're doing the God's will and doing what he wants us to do. We're going to, we're don't, we don't have a, we have to have a baby born in a manger. We have to pack up and we have to go into Egypt. And now we're in Egypt and we don't know the language because, because we, we, we're doing this and they want to kill our baby. Can you imagine? Can I tell you something? They felt stress. See, we think that they, don't, they didn't go through what we go through. They went through everything that we go through. The Bible is very clear about this. And so it was difficult. It was challenging. But what we do see is that they were obedient. They were faithful. They had endurance. And they were willing to follow God's plan for their lives. Which leads me to this, the amazement of his plan. 
the amazement of God's will for their life was this. <laughs> they had the opportunity to watch Jesus grow up. They held the Son of God in their hands. I mean, wow. It says, as we read this morning, that the shepherds came and worshipped. Later, the wise men come and worship. And the Bible says that Mary, she just pondered these things in her heart. She touched the face of God in the flesh. You see, God's plans are much better than our plans. Are you with me? And they're much bigger. You know what I found is this. In my life, that most of the time, my plans revolve around me. Would you agree with that? Like the plans I have are really mostly, most of the time, about me and what I want. Am I right? Okay, you're in church. Don't lie. Am I right? How many of you would say, yeah, that's true? Don't lie. Is that right? My plans are about me. What I want. Can I say this? God's plans are always much bigger. They're not just about you or me. They're about everyone else too. Okay? Because God's plan was for Mary and Joseph to raise the baby Jesus and to provide for him, take care of him, protect him, so that he could one day grow up to be the Savior of the world, to die on the cross. Jesus was born to die. So much symbolism. Can't even go into it all of where Jesus was born. The shepherds who came, Jesus was the, he was the sacrificial lamb. So much symbolism. The, 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 the swaddling clothes that he was wrapped in is the same thing that you would wrap someone at a time of their burial. They were burial garments. Jesus was born to die. The gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was an embalming fluid. It was used in the burial process. You see, there was symbolism that Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, there was a greater purpose, a greater plan, and God saw it all. And God looked down from heaven and said, hey, I need to send a Savior because all men are sinful and all men need someone to take their place. And I'm going to send my son to take their place. And so when Mary and Joseph's plans were altered, little did they know that it was part of a much bigger, greater plan. That through that greater plan that God had, that all of us would be able to have a Savior. Amen? And that we could have hope that we have, our sins are forgiven and that we can live eternal life in heaven with Him. And so there was the amazement of God's plan in their life. They got to see it. They got to experience it. They got to enjoy it. They had the privilege of raising, literally, can I say it this way? A perfect child. A perfect baby. You know, that people, some people don't know this, but you know that, that Mary and Joseph later had other kids. One was James. The other one was, was uh, John. There was different ones. There was different brothers. Um, and so there was different brothers. We know it says that there was a numerous. They had sisters. But can you imagine, like, James? We know for sure James is one of them. Can you imagine James growing up with, with Jesus? That must have been awful. Well, why can't you be like your older brother? He's perfect. 
Yeah, but, you know, he's God's son, you know? How difficult that must have been. He, I mean, they literally had the perfect child, you know? See, they had that, once they had Jesus, that perfect child, they're like, oh, we can do this. This will be easy. And then when the next one came along, they went, oh, my gosh, what did we get ourselves into? But they literally raised the Son of God, the Savior of the world. What joy. Let me ask you this question. Do you think, and I mentioned earlier, but do you really think that Mary and Joseph... If we were to be able to go up in heaven, someday we'll see them. But to interview them and say, hey, let me ask you, did you ever regret it? Let's be honest. We know the answer to that, right? Absolutely not. It was so worth it. You know, sometimes God messes up our plans. I know that God numerous times in my life has messed up my plans, what I thought were my plans. I'll be straight up honest with you. A year and a half ago, even a year ago, straight up, if someone had said, Joe, you and your family are going to pack up your family and you're going to be living in southern Utah, I would have said, no way, not going to happen. Hmm. Everyone else has said, a lot of other people said, we, yeah. Some of you were like, yeah, that, that was the same for us. Some of you are from California. Don't admit who you are here. It's not safe. (laughs) As soon as you move the town, the plates got to go, you know, like get rid of those plates. Listen, I mean, if someone had said nine months ago, a year ago, you're going to be in Cedar City, Utah, I'd be like, where's Cedar City, Utah? Where is that? I mean, they can't even name the town right. It ain't Cedars. Those are junipers. Am I right? They're not cedar trees. They're not. That's not cedar. Am I correct? I just want to make sure. But they called it Cedar City. Okay, anyway. If someone said that you, but I know this, that you know what? I may have had plans. I thought I would be in Arizona. That's where we're going to be for the rest of our lives. But you want to know something? God had other plans. And you want to know something? I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. And God has me here for reason and purpose. And so I'm just going to embrace it. Amen? And so God sometimes alters our plans, and it's because it's not about me, it's about him. It's not about necessarily what we want, but it's about God's plan. I finish with this passage, John 10, verse 10. Listen to what he says. Jesus, here on earth, as he was teaching, he said this. Speaking of Satan, the enemy, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay, the enemy, Satan... His desire is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And by the way, isn't he doing a really good job down here? He really is. But he says, I have come. This is why Jesus has come. I have come. Think about it. He said, I, have, I came to earth so that you may have life. Okay, that's eternal life, future. He said, I have come that you may have life, and notice what he says, and that you may have it here, life here on earth to the full. You know what is wrong with this world? This world is living with no hope, the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. There is hope in Jesus Christ, amen? There is hope. When you come to an intimate relationship with the God of the universe, guys, listen to me, it's awesome. 
I, if you do not know who God is, God loves you. He has a purpose and a plan, and he created you, and he made you unique in just the way that you are, and he created you out of love, and he made you special, and he made you who you are. And let me tell you something. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. You are not an accident. And that same God who created you, he sent his son to die for you so that you can have eternal life and be up there with him for all eternity. That's awesome. Amen. But what's so sad is so many people are allowing the thief to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you can have life and that you can have it to the full. Amen. There is hope. There is joy because of Christmas. That is what Christmas is all about. The story of Christmas is this, is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, here to earth. And yes, he was born in the manger, but he didn't stay there. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and he took our place. And after he died, amen, three days later, he resurrected and he is alive. And now he is seated at the right hand of the father. And he wants you to be there, too. That's why he came. That's Christmas. And that, that, that message brings joy. That message brings peace. That message brings hope. But can I tell you something? Mary and Joseph's lives were temporarily inconvenienced. And their plans were inconvenienced. But God's ways are much better than our ways. Amen? God's plans are much better than our plans. So when you feel like maybe God's messing with your life, it may not be that he's messing it up. He's just making it right and making it better. And all God's people said, would you stand with me? Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you.